This is an SJC Radio production. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to episode 16 of season 8 of Pit Stop. The recording date is Wednesday, the 28th of June. Joined as usual by Joe. Um, hello, Joe. Hello. And also uh, by Finn. I perhaps I should say hello, stranger. Now, Finn, can you explain why we haven't seen you for about the last three or four weeks? Well, um, first off, I had some revision on my exam. Okay. Um, you know what I've done? I've done something very... You know that cricket game I've got, yeah? Which is brilliant. Yeah, Joe. Um, Joe, Finn's got this cricket game where you put on like a... Like a mask. You are playing cricket and you've got players all around you. you it is absolutely amazing. Can you tell you what I've done? I'll tell you what I've done. I've done something absolutely unbelievable. Because my, oh, my, my top score this year is actually nine. My batting average. No, no. In in like cricket, cricket is nine. Okay. So I I got my old kookaburra bat and I've taped my controller to it and I've been playing really? in the garden. It's absolutely sick. Yeah. And does does that work well? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Oh, that sounds good. What about Joe? What what about your crickets? Um, I played a game on Tuesday against the MCC, and that's our final game of the year. Yeah. So that's at home, yeah. And then it's a it's a weird one. And then it's it's not an overs based game. It's time, and there's like a lunch break and a tea break. And it's just you know if you bat the overs, you draw it out. I think. That sounds good. Now, but your your team does have a match, doesn't it, next Saturday? But you, you said you're not around for that. No, it's been cancelled. Oh really? It was going to be a touring team from Guernsey, but they've cancelled. Yeah. And what about you, Finn? You're saying that your high school is nine. Nine, yeah, nine. Really? Did you play? Did you play last weekend? Yeah, I got nine that weekend. Yeah. Nine out or nine not out? Yeah, nine or four out. Well, that's all right. Was that nine not out? No, it was out. Yeah, yeah. It was out. Coming in at five. Okay. Very good for the B team. Oh, very good, very good. Also, right. I am opening the bowling though, so it's okay. Yeah, have you got any wickets? Got two off, two off thirteen last week. That's good. That's good. And who are you playing yeah. this Saturday, Finn? 
Kez Whitley, I think. Mm, Kez, I oh, Kez Whitley. Oh, yeah, you should, you should do well on that one. Let's talk about all things motorsport. Joe, have you watched any more of Le Mans? Yeah, I finished it. Really? Mm-hmm. And, okay, so, so you, you've seen the whole race, because that's more than, than I've seen, because I didn't watch the, the nighttime hours. What, what's your overall opinion of this year's Le Mans? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was it was good. Um, just like any other wet ground, really. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's the fanfare at the beginning, but as it goes dark, you sort of slip back into a normal wet race. And yeah, but I, I, that's not to take away. I, I really liked it. The end was quite dramatic, wasn't it? Because actually, and my brother was talking about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, had, is it Hirokawa not had that spin at Arnar? She reckons that Toyota would have won that. Right. It was quite close to the end, wasn't it? Yeah, perhaps it was. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. Yeah. On that subject, on the subject of Le Mans, this weekend it's, it's, it's the Le Mans Classic, which is a biannual event where they have races for all the old historic Le Mans cars. Right. Um, and they've, when I say historic, I mean, they go right up to the um, 2000s. So you've got um, races for, it's called the Endurance is it Legend Series? That's for cars from the 1990s, early 2000s. You've also got races for Group C, which is from the 1980s, the best ever era of um, endurance racing. Uh, they've got three Group C races. And of course, you've got races for categories going all the way back to 1923. So really good event. One of my colleagues at Bandrio, one of my fellow drivers, is going to that. Uh, it's an event. But I haven't been to an event which I'd love to go to. Perhaps it's a final event, so maybe in two years' time I'll go to Le Mans Classic. I've decided, Joe, I've been thinking I'd quite like to go to Le Mans next year. But you've gone 24 times. Surely that's the perfect amount. I know, but, but if I get to 25, that's a quarter century, isn't it? Oh, but if you go one more time, it won't be your last. We both know you're going to want to go again. Right, so um, we're going to talk mainly MotoGP. Jai, I'm assuming you wouldn't have seen any of the MotoGP. I'm rather hoping, Finn, please tell me you saw some of the MotoGP. Big Finn was actually in Cornwall, so he didn't, no. Oh, dear. If I just go through the results, there might be some reaction to this. Finn, do you know, do you know the results? Uh, no. Right, okay. What I'll do, I'll go Moto3. Um, first, second, third. Uh, Masia was first. Sasaki was second. Onchu third. God, not Well, but Dennis Onchu Finn won the previous round. His first ever Moto Three win. Um, that Moto Three race was completely insane. It reminded me, Finn, a lot of the Moto Three race we saw at Silverstone last year. Yeah, it was, it was class. It was class. The race was amazing. Um, there was a last corner change for the lead. Um, Masia overtaking Sasaki at the final chicane to decide the race. The whole race was, was incredible. Moto2. Now, this will surprise you, Finn. First place. Guess who was in first place? What's his name? What's his name? Yeah, the English bloke. He was. Yeah, Jake Dixon. Jake Dixon first. He won his first ever... Um, GP. Jake Dixon first, Iogora second, Pedro Acosta third. That was a very good Moto2 race. I mean, Dixon 
He was on pole. He lost the lead at the start. He eventually got the lead. He then lost the lead. He got the lead back. Lots of action in that race. MotoGP started off with the sprint. Uh, Bezeki first. Spadnaya second. Guess who was third? A bit of a surprise. Oh, I don't know. Um, Somebody who struggled all year. Oh, God. Digi Antonio. Oh, he struggled a lot. No, it's actually Quattuaro was third. Um, <laughs> good to see the Yamaha doing reasonably well. MotoGP itself. Uh, Bagnaya first. Bezeki second. Alicia Spargaro third. Right, I'm going to rate the MotoGP out of five stars. I'm going to give it two and a half. Um, it was it was a tense race for me the difference between a great moto gp and an average moto gp is if there's a change for the lead in the closing stages we haven't had many races where we've had a change for the lead late on uh this race it was tense throughout but we never got that that lead change so we had bagnaya took the lead fairly early binder stayed close to him but but never really mounted a challenge uh then Bagnaya was was sorry then Bezeki got up to second again he got close to Bagnaya but never quite close enough to attempt an overtake what's interesting about the results there is that Bezeki throughout pre-practice qualifying sprint race was um by far the fastest rider but what Ducati do all the Ducati teams of which there are four they share each other's data so what Bagnaya does he looks at Bezeki's data after the sprint race and he just copies Bezeki's settings and then he goes and wins the main race it's a bit like you Finn copying somebody's homework and getting a better mark than they got don't need to want to get better mark anyway I've got a feeling that Finn, you, you've probably copied other people's homework in the past. Yeah, because everyone, everyone wants to copy. They're always like, oh, here's my homework. Because I'm like popular and that, you get me. Yeah, I, I doubt they want to copy yours, though. I, I, am I right? I, I'm just, just guessing. Pens, pens, the pens, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. So, had Bag9 not had access to Bezeki's, um data, he probably wouldn't have won the main race. Silly, now, that, silly. I want to go back to championship standing. So in Moto3, you might be aware that Daniel Halgado has been leading the championship throughout. He crashed um, early on. Oh, no. And his, yeah, and his championship lead has been slashed. I think Messiah, sorry, Messiah is now pretty close in second place. Um, if we talk about that Moto3 race, who was most disappointed by that Moto3 race? You might say Halgado was most disappointed because his, his lead has been greatly reduced. You might say Sasaki's most disappointed losing the lead at the last corner on the last lap. I would say the most disappointed person with that result was me. Oh, that's a funny one, that, Nick. Hold on, let, let me explain this. As you know, I, I like to have the occasional flutter on, on the MotoGPs. I had a £2 each way bet on four races. I had um, a chap called, I think it's Matteo Ferrari, to win the Moto E race. He won that. I had Bagnaya to win the MotoGP race. He won that. I had Jake Dixon to win the Moto 2 race. 
he won that. I had Sasaki to win the Moto3 race. Sasaki losing the lead on the last corner of the last lap cost me 169 pounds. <laughs> Had Sasaki not lost the lead on the last corner of the last lap, I would be 169 pounds. What, richer. but just, do you just put in two pounds? Those odds must have been insane. Yes. Yeah. Well, I did win five pounds because they all podiumed. You get, if they, if they podium, you, you, you do win something. But I could have won 174 pounds. So I lost out 169 pounds uh, because of Masia taking the lead. So that was a bit uh, that was a bit disappointing. Who was man of the match in the MotoGP? I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to include all the classes for that. I'm going to say man of the match. I can't give it to Bagnaya because he kind of cheated. A bit like you, Finn, copying somebody's homework. Um, it's got to be Jake Dixon for winning his first ever um, Grand Prix. Um, and I tell you what, Finn, what's the next round in the championship? Well, I don't know. Well, it's a summer break now. After the summer break, the next round is... Silverstone. Silverstone. I'll tell you what, Jake Dixon will be red-hot favourite to win the Moto2 race are we, there. Are we, am I going to What was the highlight of the Dutch Grand Prix? Um, the highlight, I'm going to go for the whole Moto3 race, which was absolutely insane and actually quite scary to watch. Some of the moves they were pulling off around these very fast corners more like kinks actually yeah it, gosh it, it was it was quite scary to watch so the whole motor three race you could say i might say maybe i'm not going to say the last corner of the motor three race because that cost me a lot of money didn't it but the whole race was really good what was the most dramatic moment well the most dramatic moment i think of the whole thing i'm probably just going to repeat myself here and say the last corner two corners of the motor three race in fact at one stage a chap called i thought um fanati was going to win um but he got pushed out wide on the second to last corner what was the biggest disappointment it's not going to be me losing that money by the way the biggest disappointment funnily enough was jorge martin and jorge martin mucked up qualifying i think he crashed in very early on in qualifying, and he had one qualifying run. He qualified tenth. Once you're tenth, once you're tenth on the grid, you can't win the race unless you get the most amazing start during the race. You know he was lapping um, as fast, if not faster, than actually uh, the leaders. Had he qualified better, um, he could well have won that race. He would have, would have been battling with Bagnaya. Um, so I think that's the biggest disappointment. By by mucking up qualifying, um, he wasn't able to to, to to compete at the front of the race. MotoGP's got a bit of an issue with overheating front tires. So if you get if you get stuck behind other bikes, what happens is your your front tire overheats, your tire pressures go up, and you lose grip. Um, so 
if you start off 10th, you have to battle your way through the field. By the time you get near the front, your front tyre, its, it's pressure has gone up and you've got no grip. Um, so this is something that MotoGP do need to sort out. Um, I understand that um, there's some testing going on, trying to develop a new front tyre, which doesn't overheat. Um, cause it, because it's... It's depriving us of riders coming through the field to to, to win a MotoGP motor, to win a MotoGP at the moment. That isn't possible. Um, so that's probably the biggest issue with MotoGP, and that explains why we haven't had that many overtakes for the lead late on in the race. Um, yeah. Because by the, by the latter stages, um, you know, people find it difficult to make these overtakes because they because their front tire pressures are too high and they've got no grip. Um, what do you reckon were the main talking points from this week at Assen? Very good question. The main talking point revolves around Pedro Acosta. Pedro Acosta, as we know, is leading the Moto to Championship. Footnote, this is incorrect. Acosta is second in the Championship, eight points behind Tony Arbolino. Um, he's decided next year he's not going to stay a Moto2. He wants to go MotoGP. Every team wants Pedro Acosta. He is regarded as the next uh, Valentino Rossi, next Mark Marquez. The problem being is there aren't really any seats available. That's the issue. So Pedro Acosta will be a MotoGP next year. That is going to happen. In order for that to happen, somebody's going to have to lose their seat. So most of the talking when I was watching the free practice and what have you, the main talking point, Joe, was who's going to have to lose their seat to Pedro right. Acosta. Um, there's a number of, well, people might say, well, surely he... So he's a, a KTM rider. The KTM have a factory team, as you know. They also have a satellite team, which is the Gas Gas team. So a lot of people reckon what will happen is that Acosta will go to the Gas Gas team and he will push... Augusto Fernandez out of that team. However, Augusto Fernandez has done really, really well in his debut year. What I'd like to see happen, you may be aware that Paul Espargaro, the lead gas gas rider, was injured, very badly injured in the first race, and he hasn't he hasn't raced all season. Uh, he might come back in the second half of the season. What I would like to happen, and what I think will happen, is that KTM will say to Paul Espargaro, look, how about, you know, you've just, you know, you've been very badly injured. How about you become maybe a, a, a test rider? You, you can have some wildcard races. You can become an ambassador for KTM um, to allow Augusto Fernandez to carry on in that team and also basically to make way for Pedro Acosta. That's what I would like to see happen, and I think should happen. I mean, Paul Espargo has been around for many years. He hasn't won a MotoGP yet. I think it's time for him to make way for the younger talent. I think it would be bad Maybe. if Augusto Fernandez loses his ride because he's done brilliantly in his first year. He came fourth at Le Mans. That, that, that was an incredible achievement. So that was the main talking point, really. That's a very good question there, Joe. Let's move on to our predictions and our predictions table. Um, Finn, 
Finn, you yeah. top scored, believe it or not. At Aston. Oh, so, Finn, you had Bad Naya to win. That got you 25 points. You had Marquez second. Marquez didn't take part in the race, by the way. And well, Zarko, you should have told me that then. What's that, sorry? You should have told me. No, no, no. He pulled out after qualifying. Um, mm. uh, and Zarko crashed out. Now, Zarko's had a really good run, so that good run's come to an end. So you top scored. Joe, you scored cool. 10 points. You had Bad Knight in the top three. Zarko crashed out, as we said. Miller. What happened to Miller? He faded a bit in the race. I scored 10 points as well. I went for Martin to win, but of course he mucked up qualifying, as I mentioned. I had Bad Knight in the top three, so I got 10 points for that. I also went for Zarko, who, as we know, crashed out. Points table. In third place, Joe, it's you with 130. A paltry 130. Second place is Finn on 215. And I'm in the lead with 345. I've got a, a massive lead there. Moving on to other things. I'm assuming, Joe, did you see anything of the IMSA race from Watkins Glen? No, no. Right, it was a good race. It was the, the Celine Six Hours of the Glen. Turned out to be a really good race. Uh, came down to a duel between Porsche and BMW. BMW were leading, um, and the lead changed uh, whilst there was an awful lot of traffic. They got lots of GT, D, GT3 cars, and the BMW got balked by some GT3 cars. The Porsche overtook, and then the next lap, there was a massive accident, and the race was red flagged. So the Porsche took the win on track. However, subsequently, the Porsche was disqualified. I think... Um, Yes, it failed post-race scrutineering. Um, it failed, and so the BMW uh, inherited the win. I don't like races where people are disqualified, um, but that's BMW's first GTP win. Uh, really good race. Um, yeah, that, that was really good. What we're going to do going forward is the MotoGP summer break now, so we got four or five weeks off. Finn, Finn. Yes, sir. Have, has your mum purchased the tickets yet? I don't know. I'll find out after dinner and I'll send you a message. Yes. Um, now, we're not going to meet. We're only going to meet up after MotoGP or a round of the WEC, Joe. Right. Joe, could you quick check on your phone? Can you t The next round of the WEC is, 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 is Monza. It's coming up fairly soon. Can you do a quick check on your phone and tell me when that is? Yeah. Yes, we've just had Le Mans, so uh, Monza is on the 9th of July. So that's so the 9th of July, so hold on. So that's in terms of where is the 9th of July? That is in, oh, that's next weekend, isn't it? So what we'll do, we'll meet up the Wednesday after that. So we'll get back together. That's two weeks from today, isn't it? To chat about yeah. that. Oh, by the way, um, at Monza, there's another privateer Porsche 963 making its debut. That's the Proton really? team. And right. today, they've revealed the livery. Um, it looks absolutely amazing. So it's 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 a WeatherTech livery. So the car is white with WeatherTech. What's it called? Sorry, what's the team called? It's called Proton. Proton, Proton Porsche 963 WeatherTech sponsorship. 
the color scheme looks incredible. I like, as you know, white base color schemes. This would be my favorite color scheme by a mile. So very excited about seeing that car in action. And of course, Monza, home of Ferrari, the crowd you know, after their victory at Le Mans is going to be enormous. That's going to be a brilliant event. I will watch every second of that race. Joe, I, I, I imagine you'll be tuning into that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Finn, Finn. Yep. yep. Are you sure you don't have Eurosport? I'm a hundred percent. Are you sure? Because when we got our, we got um, we got we. You know when you say you're going to leave someone's Wi-Fi, they give you a bunch of stuff. Yeah. We said we we're going to leave Virgin, and then they gave us a box with Sky and um, uh, Sky and BT Sport, but nothing else. Yeah. It's a bit of a shame. That's a shame because the the WEC, Finn. If you watch the WEC, you you'd be completely hooked on it. The racing is is incredible. It really is. Well, yeah, love yeah. it. Um, oh, after yeah. after look at some highlights then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think actually that that Joe, you're saying the whole races are on YouTube, aren't they? So go on YouTube. Yeah, the highlights of Le Mans. Look at a, I don't know 10, 15 minute highlight package of Le Mans. Finn, the racing is is just fantastic. I'll so we'll meet up again. Uh, in two weeks time to, to chat about uh, Monza Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the About page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started so head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well